0: The topics and information discussed in this podcast are no substitute for the advice and guidance you can receive from your own GP or care practitioners. If you have any medical concerns, always seek the advice of your GP or pharmacist. Welcome to Our House, Your Health, the preventative healthcare podcast. We're here to help listeners put their health and well-being into their own hands through better understanding and early action. I'm Laura, and I'll be here with the help of my fellow pharmacist and friend, Karen. Thanks, Lara. Yes, Laura and I go back a long way to our
1: days at uni together. Who would have thought when we made all those glycerine suppositories and <laughs> the labs at uni that we would end up doing a podcast together?
0: <laughs> I know. Life has a way of just throwing people together to carry out unexpected things, although even I would have to admit, podcast presenters would not have been something I would have ever imagined. (laughs) (laughs) So seriously, though, we want to inform people about various health topics, but in a different way.
1: I think being pharmacists will definitely bring a different angle to the health topic.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And what I think listeners will really enjoy will be our case studies for each health topic. That's right, because in
1: each episode we'll be talking about a different health issue and also we are extremely pleased that for every episode we will be joined by Dr Vidya, who will be our very own resident GP.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great to have her insight on the health topics as well as on the case studies. I guess we should let our
1: listeners know what our first topic will be the menopause. So tell me, Lara, what sort of things pop into your mind when I mention the M word, apart from
0: feeling old? To be honest, before we started researching the podcast, the things that I would have thought of would have been the obvious things like mood swings, hot flushes, night sweats, and not being able to source HRT medication from anywhere to fill prescriptions. But now I've come to think about it. This is a topic that just doesn't get talked about enough. For example, it can cause severe depression, family problems and relationship problems. In other words, yes, there are physiological issues that women can go through, but there are psychological issues too, and they can be equally problematic. And then there are symptoms that simply go undetected. We don't have a wide enough discussion about the menopause in society at the moment. But I must say, it is getting a lot more attention in the press.
1: Yes, I would agree. That is so true. And again, this is just why we really had to do a podcast. So I think it's time we go to our first case study. This one is from Helen Kemp, a writer who lives in Scotland, who is now using her own experience to help others alongside the Menopause Cafe project. I don't think anyone will fail to be moved by Helen's story.
2: Let's have a listen now. I am at my happiest when I'm up in the mountains. I'm fortunate in that I live about 25 minutes away from the heart of the Cairngorms and I like to get up into the mountains about four o'clock in the morning. It'll take me about three hours to summit and... I can sit at the top of a Munro. I will be able to hear grouse chatter when they they really do make quite a noise. And there will be mountain hare bounding about and deer. But other than that, there will be complete and utter silence. And it's, it's just, it's a great feeling. I'm Helen Kemp and I'm 48 years old. I live with my husband and I share my garden with a a rather wonderful troop of red squirrels. In my previous life, I was a senior research fellow. I would now describe myself as a writer and a menopause advocate. It's the mental health side of of menopause that absolutely floors women. As far as my own situation, I resigned from my my job and I walked away from my career of 20 years. And at the time, I, I couldn't have cared less. I couldn't have cared less about myself, my career, my relationship. And I just wanted to go to sleep. I had absolutely had enough. I mean, my mental health is something that I only started to take seriously in the last six or seven years, I would say, in essence, since I had a hysterectomy with both ovaries removed. So in effect, I went slap bang into menopause. And because I wasn't having hot flashes and night sweats, I didn't link any of my other issues to menopause. I started one after another to have these just bizarre range of of. other symptoms. I I had morning sickness. I had sore, stiff joints and repeated urinary tract infections. I had gingivitis twice, seborrheic dermatitis. I also had the classic vaginal dryness and hair loss, restless legs, itchy, dry skin um, and palpitations, panic attacks. It got to a point where I was having repeated episodes of of suicidal ideation. And it was on 19th of December, 2017. And um, I had driven through to Perth. And I I, I parked um, by the railway bridge in, in Perth over the River Tay. And it was two minutes past five in the morning. And it was cold winter. And I walked along the uh, the walkway of the bridge, and I walked two thirds of the way along, and just stood there. I couldn't see I couldn't see a way forward. It's a cliche. I couldn't see a way back either, and I just stood looking into the in, into the dark water um, of the River Tay. I don't quite know what stopped me, other than the fact that I'm I'm really stubborn and I'm really determined. And for me, I saw ending my life as giving up. And so the beginning of 2018, I went back to my GP. My GP's fantastic. And I had a bit of a meltdown in her room because the furniture had changed, which led her to the, the the idea that I might be on the autistic spectrum. So after the autism diagnosis, I decided that the only thing that I had not done in my life to help myself at that point was was therapy. It, that was the only thing I hadn't done. And it's helped me come to terms with not just my autism, but also um, surgery, i.e. menopause, it's also helped me accept my mental health challenges and it's just made me feel a little bit better about myself and, and I think that's very important. The way I look at menopause is as a transition and if I reflect back on the elements that have helped, there are four main aspects. Firstly seeking help for my mental health challenges. The second element and probably the most pivotal was realizing that a significant proportion of my symptoms were as a result of surgical menopause and it took my gynae consultant who's also my surgeon uh, to make the link and it was at that point that everything started to fall into place and to make sense for me. He started me on HRT and the improvement was was significant. For me the HRT is extremely important because it protects my heart health, my bone health and my brain health. The third element is exercise and that's not just to help me stay physically well but mental, mentally well. And the final element for me has been talking i think it's terribly important that as women we talk about the menopause and we share our stories because there's there's so much stigma and shame associated with anything to do with our menstrual health whether that's periods or or menopause uh there's a wonderful texan researcher dr brené brown And I I love her sentence that shame thrives in silence, secrecy and judgment. And the antidote to shame is empathy, compassion and connection. And that for me is, is where Menopause Cafe comes in. It provides an atmosphere of collective compassion. And I think that's extremely important because it gives women a chance to be heard. It gives women a chance to have their experiences validated And I think that that's empowering. So for me, Menopause Cafe has become an anchor. And it's an absolute joy for me to see the movement spread out from Scotland, throughout the UK and throughout the world. My menopause journey, I think, was probably one... Of the best things that happened to me without realizing it at the time, it made me slow down. I had to go and do some work on myself. And now I've come out the other side, if you like, of my menopause journey. And I'm now in what I, a lot of women would call postmenopausal zest. I am starting to find my confidence. And it's a confidence that I've never had, and I'm finding an authentic sense of purpose, and that is to help others face some of the difficult conversations they don't want to have around the topics that they need to have. And my my work through Menopause Cafe, but also my work um, elsewhere, I think has has just given me a greater understanding of, of the struggles that other people have and has taught me compassion. and I think that that is where I come from at the moment I come from a position of hope and of compassion and if I can help just one other person by, by talking about some of these difficult subjects then then quite honestly it, it will have made um, the last seven years of my struggles worth it.
1: Well, that was a very emotional, moving story there from Helen. Many, Mm. many thanks to her for allowing Mm. us to have such a personal insight
0: into what she went through. Yeah, that was extraordinary. But I'd just like to add my thanks to that too. Thank you so much, Helen, for sharing your journey with us. If you'd like to know more about the Menopause Cafe, you can find their website at menopausecafe.net. So as we mentioned,
1: we are thrilled to be able to speak to Dr. Vidya in our discussion today. Dr. Vidya is a GP, life coach, author and a mum. She also has a specialist interest in mental health.
3: Dr. Vidya, welcome. Hi ladies, thank you so much for letting me share this uh, phenomenal platform with you to really raise awareness of these important issues and thanks for having
0: me. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank so you. tell us how everything's going in your life right now. What's been happening? So
3: at the moment, uh, so as you know, I'm a mum. I've got two very cheeky little monkeys, two uh, boys and boys. <laughs> I know all of us on here have kids. It's, it's yeah. a cliche, but it is a really beautiful and tiring uh, <laughs> time in life. Um, and yeah, I'm just really ensuring I've actually completely changed really? or changing. My career or the way I do things. I mean, I'm obviously a GP, mm. I'm a coach, but serving in a way that suits me to be the mother that I want to be in the way that I want to be rather than sort of rushing around. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm taking that to my using that to my advantage, especially with Corona. It's really made us reflect, isn't it, on how we do things and is there a better way? So I've, that's what's happening. I've, um, so i've i've got a virtual practice private practice which is on holistic health um and i'm also a ceo for my own company i'm a publisher as well uh so yeah lots of lots of different things going on
1: <laughs> well we're really glad to have you here and speaking about these important topics of course in this first episode we're here to speak about the menopause we've already heard helen's story so do you think what helen experienced happens a lot would you
3: say Yes, most definitely. In fact, I would say that it happens a lot more than we realise, as there's still a huge lack of awareness just generally around menopause, there's a lot of stigma, particularly for women who are in the workplace, um, maybe mm-hmm. in certain family settings. So yeah, I would say, definitely wow. based upon my experience with my patients. And um, Yeah, I would definitely say it's something that happens so much, so often. And that's why I'm so glad that
0: we're talking about this today. And I think the fact that Helen has opened up so emotionally and allowed us to share her story will benefit lots of other women out there as well. So we're so grateful Mm. to Helen. Um, But in your experience, what do you feel are the main issues that women... Of today phase with guarding the menopause?
3: That's a great question, Lara. So what I would say is the biggest thing I have found is not really the physiological side of it. I think now with, you know, Dr. Google around, (laughs) uh, obviously, massive disclaimer there, he's not a doctor, please do see a GP, Uh, one of these lovely pharmacists. But but there is a lot of information around, isn't it, with symptoms and most of the time, some fairly good information, accurate information out there as to what to do or direct it to the correct source. But it's really around, I would say, the holistic side of it as to what does this mean, especially the spiritual side of it. You know, I'm not talking about the religious side of it, but spiritually, this is often an awakening or a new chapter in, yeah. in a woman's life. Uh, not always, mm-hmm. but often in many uh, traditions and cultures and particularly in other species, mm. um, I think this is actually called the wise woman uh, phase. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it doesn't mean you don't have wisdom before, but it's it's just representative. And it's actually really interesting because it's not meant to be a time of crisis. You know, it's a developmental stage. So when I, what I would say from my perspective Um, experience in my practice which is also holistic is that many women want to know the meaning behind Mm. it especially when it's not a midlife crisis because these women are often very young Mm. and 50 is not an old age Mm. you know uh, with life expectancy today so it's sort of why am I going through this now actually women particularly we go through many cycles don't we? And phases is sort of what almost defines women in a way. Um, And this is partly an emotional cycle. When a woman reaches that sort of age or phase of life, Mm. they've often been through many experiences, challenging, blessings, etc. Some of them that they have not dealt with or not been able to deal with on an emotional level. And I think that's why Mentally, it really hits many women hard, especially when you then add in the stigma. Mm. They might be in the workplace, people don't understand symptoms. They don't even understand the symptoms of what's going on. Huge Mm. lack of awareness. And this makes people feel extremely isolated, very isolated. Um, So I would say the biggest thing is the mental and emotional side of it as well not often needing therapy in its traditional sense. Mm. They might not feel that I'm having suicidal thoughts. Many women do, but they might feel, oh, but it's not got to that stage. So maybe it's not that. Well, what do I do then? You know, and that's why often we recommend yoga um, and exercise, because one of the things this beautifully does is rebalances the chakras in the body. And again, I'm not talking from a religious point of view, Mm. uh, but from, even a physiological point of view, the root chakra and sacral is based around the reproductive organs. And this stands for our stability, you know, our core, our foundation. It actually stands for I am. So when you're, then this is around the the time, you see why many people understandably, many women are questioning. Yeah. Who am I? You know, often the children have left home. Um, (laughs) So many things going on. So this is the biggest thing that I that I find women are really questioning every aspect um, of
2: their life.
1: Yes, because it often does happen Very at a time when children do leave home or looking after elderly parents yeah. or things like that so it probably can feel mm, quite yeah. an isolating time yeah and what would you say are the main issues you face today with respect to the menopause when you're working as a GP?
3: I would say, so as a GP, I think in particular, most people do come because they've come to a real, um, in their words, crisis point. Their symptoms have become so unbearable that they're physically Mm. unable to work. Uh, And I say that intentionally in that way, because I would say that this is a whole new uh, layer, huge new layer of women empowerment. And this is really important. And I know some people listening are probably thinking, oh gosh, this is really important because it's because of that that actually women are suffering. Because often it's it's not the woman, it's society that's actually mm. made that woman unable to work. Because why is that environment so you know not Conducive. Hostile yeah, hostile and are not conducive to work. Why is it such a problem to take a few days off to actually say it's because of mm-hmm. your menopause or for younger women who are going through, you know, their periods or it's painful or whatever it is when you're not, you really can't work, to be honest. Not always, but yeah. there are certain stages. And it's a real taboo.
1: You spoke so interestingly about the stigmas people face. I know it's a huge topic, but
3: do you think there's anything that we can do about that? So, brilliant question. I think... What we are doing is the right thing by raising awareness. And the biggest thing is to understand what we're doing. First of all, we need to recognize that what we are doing is changing, transforming the mindset of the global society, which is obviously no small thing. (laughs) Um, So you can fight the old model. And what I like to do is my, my version is building the new model be the change that you want to see in the world treat it as the new normal so talking about menopause uh women's issues all of these inequalities need to be leveled out whether it's race gender um, age everything so we're doing the right thing in my opinion um i think this is why i've changed also to become a coach why i'm becoming a therapist to be honest, slightly less of my role as a GP because I feel the people that come to me have, are having different needs. There's more of these other needs. It's more about empowerment right. and healing. And I think there's a real awakening going on with that, which is good. Um, so mm. that's, I think, the biggest thing is people come mainly for the physical symptoms. But then there's mm. so... I spent most of my
0: consultation, to be
3: honest, yes, coaching. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all so true what you're saying. And I think that there's some form of embarrassment as well that women don't feel that they can speak out and talk about what they're going through so so what advice would you give women in general then who are going through the menopause on a holistic level brilliant question because what i would say is
3: own it i would say (laughs) don't brush anything under the carpet don't make excuses um this is a developmental stage of life this is perfectly normal it's actually much more difficult to deal with the symptoms when you know what that saying of what you resist persists isn't it so I think it's that whole resistance by society that that woman then feels she needs to adopt because it's it's menopause or oh it's just the menopause you know like just get back to work what's Mm. your what's your excuse or just plow on yeah yeah, exactly and so I I would say the biggest thing is that they need to be focusing on themselves you know often this is the Mm -hmm. time when they can finally focus on just themselves and that's not a selfish thing it's actually the relationship with yourself is a reflection of Mm -hmm. all the relationships in your life and they often are a few things there that they need to shine a light on and just heal from. you know, and, and actually the body's forcing them sometimes to heal certain aspects of their life. That's come into a physical manifestation, you know? So I think it re- it, it's very yeah. interesting because it yeah. spans so many <laughs> other taboos. Different <laughs> levels, yeah. But it's good, exactly. it's good. So I, I would say to her, own but, it and yeah. really use this time of self-healing for self-empowerment.
1: Yes. A lot of what you say rings true, really, for me. Um, And certainly during the coronavirus, I have sort of, you know, adopted that approach and embraced exercise in a way that I've never done before. And that's made a huge difference for me, actually. So, so yes, I think Mm -hmm. that's some very good advice from you.
0: Very good advice. Brilliant.
1: And we should all meet again soon, I think, to talk about our next topic. Yes.
3: Definitely, I look, yeah. I look forward to it. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's it's been brilliant to to share this, especially this side, yeah. You know, of of holistic health. And I'm I'm I think many people don't realise it's what they need to hear. So uh, I'm very happy to to help anyone who's who's been listening. They can get in contact through Lara and Karen. Thank you.
1: So that was episode one. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we have. We'll be exploring new topics in each episode, but it would be great to get feedback from our listeners. If
0: they would like to hear about any particular subjects... That's right. So do get in touch with us via our website, thehouseofwellbeing.co.uk. There you can also sign up to our email magazine where we we'll feature information on the topics we cover in this podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at the London House of Wellbeing or even visit us at the Real Life House of Wellbeing in Hearn
1: Hill. So that's all for now do subscribe to this podcast on your podcast player and leave us a review at iTunes or recommend us to a friend if you can. It really would help us to get this show to more listeners.
0: Absolutely. So thanks so much for listening and we'll catch up with you soon. Bye. Bye.